celebrating all things Crusaders rugby, which now brings us to our next guest who played 77 games for the Crusaders. Probably broke my heart as a Blues fan. Daryl Gibson, good evening. Welcome. <laughs> evening, Gene. That little laugh suggests you did break my heart, didn't it? Yeah, it's neat. And watching those old games sort of flash back, it sort of... Um... Oh, I look, that was the who was your halfback? Some guy Marshall wasn't there, and then there was Mayo Hoffler and yourself. No, I love that era. I love that era. It was a, a wonderful time. Hey, hey, look, Daryl, what did you make of that Crusaders performance against the Hurricanes? Did you see a step up and improvement from the week before, or are they sort of at the moment just a little bit, I don't know, not quite there? Yeah, I, I would agree with that statement. I think um, Razor would be quite frustrated at the moment in terms of the inconsistency you see in his team. You know, two two games, um, you know, three point margins, and both those games, Hollanders, um, Hurricanes, you get the sense that they could have lost it at some point. The good news for Crusaders fans is they're still winning those those tight ones, but I guess um, there's going to have to be a marked step up in intensity this week from the Crusaders to match what we've seen from the Blues this week. Hey, Gibbo, I know that Ray's has obviously installed his mojo from the old school days, which is something that he was always very passionate about and, and you would have seen that as well when he was developing as a coach, which, which is defence um, and which is, you know, a lot of that is attitude. But does it does it worry you that the Crusaders are doubling the tackle count of most of the teams they're coming up against? That's an interesting stat you've thrown at me there, Justin. Yeah, I'd, I'd say just overall impressions from defence as it's been the hallmark of, of the Crusaders, you know, title-winning you know, run over the last five years. And this year, as I was just saying, I think the those trademark um, trademark identities we've seen from them are just not as potent and or consistent as what they have been uh, in the past. I just get that sense um, that, you know, week to week, consistency is the Crusaders' issue around keeping those levels of performance as high as what they have been. Um, and then also on the defence, how easy it's been for them to concede tries. You know, I think one of the stats, certainly when I was, um, you know, coaching against the Crusaders, was it took six minutes on average to break the Crusaders' defence. You know, they didn't, they, they had the best average of not conceding. Whereas I'm not quite seeing seeing that this season. In terms of the opposition, then, like considering they're getting more ball, so the Crusaders pretty much for most of the season with, I think, probably the Chiefs game as an exception uh, um, and possibly Moana Pacifica have lost all of those important stats. So they're on the wrong side of the tackle stat. They're not winning possession and territory um, and they're, they're predominantly losing inside the 22 as well on attack. So goes to show you they're not playing with the ball. I just mentioned it to Mark. They're also the most kicking team in the comp. Um do you suspect their balance is just slightly off that? Because they do kick accurately. That's the biggest problem. And they do retrieve the ball back a lot. But it's not enabling them to, to I believe, get in, in their rhythm and get to do what they are very good at, which is get all their bodies in motion, all their dangerous players attacking with the ball in hand. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd agree with all that. Particularly, you know, you've got the, the statistical, statistical evidence to back up what we're seeing in terms of the inconsistency just in those different areas that mm. have been the hallmark. And, you know, I think um, that, that'll that be what's troubling Razor. Uh, and he's done an excellent job. He's starting to really bring through the, the good young talent that's coming through the team. Um, 
but you've seen in the past how a new person comes in and the standard or the performance level has been able to um, maintain. Um, the good news for him, he's still got an acre of talent to call on. You know, he's rotated his team really well. I imagine he's had an eye on this fixture in particular, which, you know, with the Blues performance in the weekend, taking on extra proportions in terms mm. of uh, what's in store for us. So, uh, yeah, no, really fascinating part of the season. Um, but, yeah, interesting times. Mm, okay, I've got a question here, and I'll get you both to maybe answer, answer this. You talk about worth ethic, and we know how good Ethan Blackhead has been. Arguably, he's probably the best, I think, best six for the All Blacks at the moment, probably surpassed Sam Kane. We can have that debate. But I want to talk about Tom Christie because he's an absolute workhorse. He's a wonderful player, uh, generally the highest in the tackle count. But we've seen this review of the All Black team when they're talking about more sort of ball-carrying forwards, particularly the tight five. Is he good enough to be an All Black with what we need to do going forward and trying to beat the French and the Irish and the Northern Hemisphere sides. Does he have the style of game that could make him an all-black? Daryl? Christy, I think he's an excellent on-baller, you know, very much in the mould of, of um, Matt Todd, great worker. You know, as you say, he, he's topping the, the tackle count. Probably for me, it's the balance of the back row that will dictate whether he, he goes further in terms of this season. I think um, the All Blacks have got some you know, head scratching to do around. They know they've got to compete with Ireland in terms of physicality and size. So 100% I agree with you on Blackadder. Uh, he brings that raw sort of edge that the All Blacks need. Um, while they miss out on his ball-carrying uh, ability, where he's probably shaded by someone like Frizzell, um, he is just that grunt, big body, um, and that's probably something the All Blacks need at the moment. The other interesting one for me will be Artie Savia. And we've just seen him. He's probably the most powerful man going around in the comp. You can't mm. put him down. It's whether they play him as a seven or as an eight. And that will really dictate what, you know, how they feel about um, Peter Gus and whether he's done enough as a big body to um, force his way in as an eight. So um, it's probably for me Tom Christie going great. Workhorse but how does he fit in the, the grand scheme of things? Yeah, look, I tend to totally agree with everything you said there. I think probably the one thing that I have noticed is we weren't noticing Tom Christie in the first two to three rounds, and he was getting regular game time. But uh, what we did start to notice, so we, we started calling them the tackling machine because he is the tackling machine of the comp at the moment. And so it was like, oh, that's what he's doing. He's doing the unnoticeables. Last two games started to see him carry in the outside channel a bit more. So I wonder whether or not Mark can answer to your question. He realises that he can't just be a fetcher and a tackler. And I think that's what we're looking for more in our loose forwards. We're looking for somebody that is better balanced. He has to carry hard as well and offload and pass and, and draw defenders in and, and free up space. So that's where his game needs to develop. And if he does that, then, you know, with all the other the micro skills he got, he could come into the mix. I guess... Another area, Gibbo, that I wanted to chat to you about while we've got you is uh, this cluster of players that they've got in the midfield. I believe Jack Goodhue got through his um, club game at the weekend and he's probably going to be in the mix possibly for this weekend off the bench. Not sure. That might not eventuate, but he is very much due back. Where does he fit in? And who does he fit in for? Like, I'll just run these through you quickly. But Harvey Lee, Goodhue, flying in a Nuku, Enor, and then you've got to find a space for Severi Reese, George Bridge, Shafi Haki, 
And we haven't even mentioned Kenny or Waisaki Naholo that are also in the squad. How the hell do you get all them in the same back line? Yeah, it's an embarrassment of riches, isn't it, when you, you list those names. I think for me, um, the great thing about what we'll see Friday night, Justin, is Fraser will pick his best team, or what he considers to be his best team. Um, and for me right now, I really like what um, Lester Fyanuku's doing. You know, every time he's, he, whether he's playing wing or centre, um, he's, he makes things happen. You know, he's that type of player. Um, what I'd love to see is him really tested in, in defensively. I think the mark of any 13 and, you know, for Ione um, and anyone who wants to put up their hands for the All Blacks, now that um, Leonard Brown is, looks like he's out of action, is who's going to be the best defensive 13 uh, going around mm. in the comp? Because it's such a pivotal role that we've we've got a good defender. And if anything, any criticism of Rico Ione would all, always start with that. How's his defensive reads at 13? How's he going to stack up under pressure? Um, and that's that's what I'd love to see. We know Good Hughes, good reader of um, defense, and Braden Eno is still working his way back into um, a regular regular start. So, yeah, interesting selection this weekend. All right, just quickly, the last little wrap up with your coaching um, experience and also your player experience and knowing the Crusaders. Where, 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 from what you've seen of the Blues and how they're progressing, where do they need to play well, and in what, in what area to to beat them at the on Friday night? Yeah, well, what we saw from the Blues is obviously a, a huge step up in intensity and physicality breakdown. You obviously saw the blueprint from the Chiefs, you know, Chiefs Crusaders game and how to how to um, win against the Chiefs. Um, I was impressed. I really think the Blues. Um, intensity and everything about them looked really good and you could see that this has been their test. Everyone's been talking about how they're going to get going against the Chiefs, how they're going to get the Crusaders. What we know about the Crusaders, big games, they're going to stand up. You know, they've shown that year on year out. Where they've stood up and the test of the Blues will be in that tight five. Can they you know, raise or roll out the, the, the gun pack this week? You know, and they're going to get tested at scrum time, and at more. And if um, the Blues can front up there, I think they've got the all-court all game to match the Crusaders. They've got a kicking game. You know, they've got the X-factor talent. That's whether they can hold up in that tight five. Um, so for me, that's the area that will dictate the game. Sounds very cliche, <laughs> but uh, I think for this one, um, quite fine for me. Daryl Gibson, lovely to have you on the program tonight. Thank you for taking the time. Good man, all good. If you do want to text the show, by the way, double eight double three. This is in the red. My co-host is Justin Marshall.